0: Welcome to this episode of Redefining Rivalries. Redefining Rivalries. Redefining Rivalries. Rivalries. Redefining Rivalries. Sponsored generated content for Showtime. Produced by Wall Street Journal Custom Studios, a unit of the Wall Street Journal Advertising Department. On Redefining Rivalries, we've taken on the issue of rivalry in the worlds of finance and sports. Now we're hoping you'll follow us into the realm of classical music. You'd never guess that the seemingly genteel, elegant world of cellos, violins, and Bach would be rife with compelling intrigue and intense competition. Rivalry, the visceral, often irrational competition that consumes enemies, and even more strongly, those closer, is on full display in the hit Showtime series, Billions. The show centers on the intense antagonistic relationship between adversaries Bobby Axelrod, played by Damian Lewis, a successful but ethically challenged hedge fund mogul, and Chuck Rhodes, played by Paul Giamatti, an ambitious but ethically challenged U.S. attorney. Both are married to strong, determined partners. Rhodes' wife, Wendy, starts the first season as corporate coach at Axelrod's company, a high achieving woman in a man's world. It's a flashpoint for friction both at the office and home. I'm the goddamn U.S. attorney, Wendy.
1: Are we teaching them that daddy's job is always more important than mommy's?
0: New episodes of Billions air on Showtime every Sunday night at 10, 9 central. (laughs) Classical music has inspired and entertained people for hundreds of years, but in all that time, similar to what the fictional Wendy Rhodes encounters at Axe Capital, the conductor's podium has been a virtual men's only club. But that's changing, albeit very slowly. Women are literally stepping up as rivals to that long-held tradition. But they face a daunting task. Only 11% of the 537 classical music directors in the United States are women. And only one of the 24 top finance orchestras is led by a woman. That woman is Marin Alsop, who joins us, along with fellow conductors and pioneers Susanna Melke and Joanne Folletta, to talk about depressing statistics, considering that we're well into the second decade of the 21st century. These three brilliant artists are helping to break down centuries-old barriers. In this episode, we discuss competition, rivalry, and beautiful music with them. Marin Alsop, Susanna Melke, and Joanne Folletta. Can you be rival to an entrenched establishment? Are other conductors, including other women, competitors or colleagues? Women are always fighting the perception of appropriate measures of power and control. Criticisms that would never be leveled against a male conductor. Folletta explains.
2: In a very traditional form like classical music, uh, the conductor was always viewed as an autocrat, as someone of absolute power who could fire people at will, who could break batons and berate people. And uh, the idea of a woman stepping into that kind of role just didn't feel right to to almost anyone but I think that the style of a conductor was changing, as it has changed in many aspects of the business world, uh, so that the, the leader uh, was uh, someone who became more open to the team or or treated the team with more respect, a mutual respect, gendered mutual respect. But uh, it did rattle a lot of people.
0: Marin Alsop is conductor of the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. Susanna Melke just came off a triumphant run conducting Kaya Sariaho's opera L'amour de Loin at the Met in New York. Joanne Valletta conducts the Buffalo Philharmonic, and like the other two, guest conducts all over the world. It's very easy to see them as they are now, successful and established, and forget what they endured to get there and stay. Marin reflects on the discouragement she received at an early age.
3: When I fell in love with conducting when I was nine. My violin teacher said, oh, you know, well, girls don't do that. And that was the first time I'd ever heard anything like that. Uh, and it was, it was shocking.
0: Founded in 1916, the Baltimore Symphony had had 11 previous chief conductors, all male, prior to Alsop's selection in 2007. Her appointment wasn't without controversy, the fallout of which Marin describes to this day as PTSD, post-traumatic stress.
3: There was some pushback, to put it mildly, um, because I think the musicians had felt really ostracized from decisions that had been made for a decade or even longer. Uh, It was a, a moment, a cathartic moment for them to try to be heard. And, you know, it gave me insight into the psyche of the orchestra and the issues that they faced. And clearly there was an illness raging, you know, internally at the organization. And so coming into that, you know, I had to make some decisions about, number one, whether I would accept the job. Um, Number two, if I did accept the job, how could I try to broker a way forward for the musicians with me?
0: Although she recognized she would be competing against ingrained Convention, Alsup hit the ground running.
3: When you go into an organization in the way that I did at the Baltimore Symphony, you don't have to waste much time, you know, trying to be liked or, you know, trying to make an impression. My only goal was to create success for the musicians.
0: Marin and Joanne Folletta have much in common. Both native New Yorkers, trained at Juilliard, protégés of perhaps the greatest American conductor of them all, Leonard Bernstein, and like Marin, Joanne was discouraged from pursuing a conducting career.
2: I had my heart set on being a conductor at Manis College. Asked me to wait a year, study my classical guitar, audit the conducting classes, and then they allowed me to formally become a conducting major. The discouragement was really that it hadn't been done before, so it would be so difficult. There were no real examples of successful women orchestra conductors.
0: Both received the encouragement they needed from home. Here's Joanne.
2: I was brought up in a family where we're just two daughters and the, everything was possible for us. My parents didn't ever tell us we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that.
0: Marin's experience was even more visceral and has stayed with her. The morning after 9-year-old Marin told her folks that her music teacher said she'd never be a conductor, she received a life-changing surprise. My mother was so
3: angry. My father, he was a quieter kind of guy, but what he did was so incredibly... Empowering and beautiful. The next day when I came down to breakfast, he had gone out and bought a wooden box, and I opened it up and he filled it with batons.
0: Grabbing the conductor's baton was the dream for Susanna Melki as a young cello player, a dream accepted easier in her home country, Finland.
1: I was well aware of all the possible obstacles I would, I would get, and that's actually one reason why I wanted to think about the idea for some time. Scandinavian countries are are very, you know, we have equality. We have a great history of it. We got, the, you know, women got the right to vote in 1906. And we've had a female president. But no, I mean, the music world is is always conservative. And, and uh, you know, actually, I've been observing this... <laughs> This world since I was a child, I noticed that when I was eight years old, my teacher would treat boys differently from the girls, you know. So it starts from there. It's, it's decades of... Of, um,
0: of conditioning.
1: Of conditioning, yes, indeed. It's quite shocking when you think of it that way.
0: And battling ingrained convention can take time. In 2016, a 20-year quest became reality when Melky was the first woman named chief conductor of the Helsinki Philharmonic. In December, when composer Kaya Sariaho joined Melky on the Met stage in New York to take their well-deserved post-performance bow, it marked a stunning first for the 134-year-old Met, a work of a female composer conducted by a female. To quote from the New York Times Rave Review, it's about time. Susanna puts all this out of her mind. To her, it's not a matter of wishful thinking or denying that the glass ceiling exists. It's a matter of priority of what comes first above all else.
1: I've never felt the need to prove anything as a woman because because I'm I'm a, you know, a hundred percent musician and I've been able to avoid all those all that human garbage. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been kind of convinced of my my musical ideas and Because I would really love, I mean, I'm dreaming of this world when when we wouldn't need to be battling with egos, but we could just exchange ideas and, and build from them. But it's inevitable. I mean, human beings are
0: complex. A competitive fire still burns for those at the top. For conductors, rivalry could spring from observing another's performance or from something much closer. Again, here's Marin.
3: I feel a desire to be the best I can be. That's just the kind of person I am. I, I don't aspire to be better than anyone. I've only felt the desire to be better than I was yesterday.
0: Joanne has her own unique perspective.
2: When you see or you could hear a performance conducted by a great conductor, I felt so inspired saying, wow, I, I want to know that piece as well as he does. I mean, most of the people I saw were met. I would like to be able to have that kind of a presence on the podium that would give complete comfort to the orchestra around me. I mean, it's just uh, wonderful and, and, and challenging, too. There's so much room to improve.
0: To Marin, the question of who may be a rival is easy to answer.
3: Well, I mean, all of the... I always have rivalry with people, especially the people I care about, because that's the way you can push each other forward. I think there can be great rewards in rivalry. But there can also be very destructive
0: powers inherent in rivalry. For a performer, there can be no more destructive power than a loss of focus, allowing an emotion to negatively impact an honest expression of the musical narrative. In classical music, there's no question that the pinnacle of power belongs to the one holding the baton. Regardless, in Marin's view, it's earned, not taken.
3: Well, the question of power is always an interesting one i think regardless of whether you're a man or a woman i think that power is not something that one can demand people give over power is something at least from my experience that emerges out of consistency commitment unwavering passion dedication and competence and always in the service of the music. And it's very, very difficult for people not to give over power when the conductor is trying to serve the music. But um, the way people seize power or take power can be so dramatically different. It's fascinating, isn't it?
0: While Susanna, Marin, and Joanne have made it to the podium, they are certainly mindful that progress can be painfully slow when the glass ceiling isn't completely shattered. Joanne puts it this way.
2: Yes, the door is opening for women. It's happening later than I ever thought it would happen. I mean, I expected when I was just starting to study that there would be a lot of women coming into the field of orchestral conducting and that today we wouldn't even be discussing, perhaps, women conductors. It would would be a point that no one would understand. But it has happened more slowly than I thought.
0: Marin sees a silver lining.
2: I think
3: things are changing. And I say that, you know, with a little bit of um, skepticism because I, I assumed 30 years ago things would change and then 20 years ago and 10 years ago. And so I feel that it's important that we remain vigilant about opening up opportunities. So my goal is to try to create as many opportunities for as many women as I possibly can. That's why I started a fellowship in 2002 Mm -hmm. for women conductors. And I don't think anything gives me more pride than going to one of their concerts and seeing their success. And also trying to share with them how important it is that they continue that circle of mentoring to the next generations. So I would say that I'm cautiously optimistic, but I remain vigilant.
0: Trailblazers, regardless of their chosen field, carry burdens. They can't just excel. They're symbols. They lead by example, with hope, passion, and commitment. They encourage competition and rivalry without rancor and envy. As a trailblazer, Marin Alsop is as good as it gets.
3: I think that I'm, I'm proud, of course, and I feel honored, and I also feel outraged at the same time that, We can be in the 21st century and there can still be firsts for women. That to me is inexcusable. Can one be proud and outraged at the same time? I suppose that's how I feel. And I want to make a difference. Having that reputation gives me more possibility to help next generations because people will listen to me a little bit more. So it gives me a platform in a way. And I'm very, very pleased about that because if I don't try to Effect change. I mean, who really is going to do it?
0: Whether listening in Madison Square Garden, the Met, or a backyard party, one of the great pleasures of being among talented musicians is to witness the infectious joy they have for the craft. Given that, there can be no better place in an orchestra for expressing that joy than at the epicenter. The conductor's podium, manned or womaned by a world-class artist like Joanne Folletta,
2: it is an amazing feeling, and it's it's a combination of a kind of awesome responsibility, because at that moment, with our 2,000 people sitting behind me, listening to us, we have to do our best, and I have to help that. So there's a, a tremendous responsibility, but beyond that, there's a way that you lose yourself at the same time. You're never unaware of what you're doing, but you lose yourself in the emotion of the music. And the players come along with you, because at that moment, it's all about inspiration.
0: Joanne Folletta, Susanna Melky, Marin Alsop, three women that are proving that the fight to change the classical music world can be won with the wave of a baton. Don't miss the hit series Billions, with new episodes Sunday nights at 10, 9 central, only on Showtime. This has been an episode of the Redefining Rivalries podcast series, sponsored-generated content for Showtime, produced by Wall Street Journal Custom Studios, a unit of the Wall Street Journal Advertising Department. Please visit wsj.com slash podcast sponsored and sho.com billions for other installments in the series. The Wall Street Journal News Organization was not involved in the creation of this content. For the Redefining Rivalries podcast series, I'm Lauren Tulajan.